Hello, this is not the darkest timeline. It's a podcast about media. It's a media. <laughs> you fluffed the intro. I fluffed the intro. It's uh, uh, okay. Okay. This is not the darkest timeline. It's a media podcast um, where we criticize and analyze and go over the good bits in, in various forms of media. Um, I am Balder Bjarnason, and you are? I'm Tom Abbott. Um, and we're going to do bios in a minute. This, this is, okay, this is, this, is, this is time travel, and, and I'm going to get my tenses wrong, and the danger is this is going to end up being like a badly written Stephen Moffat episode of Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> we, so the full, this is going out as episode one, um, and what's useful, what's helpful to note is that this is now, we're recording this on April the 12th, in 2020 we first recorded episode one at the end of december last year we what we what we felt we wanted to do was to see if this worked we've we'll talk in a few minutes a little bit about our history with this kind of form and and talking about these kind of things but we we haven't done a podcast for several years um and actually when we did do a podcast Boulder and i we both sat in the same room and now i'm sitting in my study in bristol and you're in Montreal. There we are, which in is in my in my home office. Your home office, which is a good number of thousand miles away. So I think when what we both felt was re-listening to well, several reasons to redo this. One, re-listening to episode one in the cold light of day, fourteen weeks on. God, we were rusty. Um, we really, and there was a thing about the the nature of talking while not being in the same room that we really hadn't we weren't used to. So that was a thing that it, it just just for kind of personal pride doesn't help to go doesn't hurt to go back and redo it. Also, and this is the obvious thing, is the world has completely changed um in the last fifteen or sixteen weeks. We I mean we went we started this because we started redoing this again because of a tweet, because people got said yes you should and we hadn't spoken regularly for a while and it became a thing. And obviously as anybody listening to this knows, the the function of society has changed an awful lot um, over the last stuff few months. Stuff has happened. Stuff has happened, and so in light, in not in light of that, but it sense it felt useful to do a proper introduction, and also because fourteen episodes in, we now know we can finish this by saying this is what you're going to get if you carry on listening, which we didn't know at the start. We know it was very much completely experimental, completely. Let's see if this works. What we will do, I think. Um, is put the original version of episode one, the one we recorded back in December, up on the website. So it's there, and if you do want to hear two um, semi-middle-aged um, academics, artists, writers failing to completely understand how technology works, then that will be there um, in perpetuity. Um, and our embarrassments and our pregnant pauses and the kind of call and responseness of it will be there. But if... Bolt, if you're fine with that, I think we'll we'll sort of run through. I've made a few notes, and we'll run through a kind of. This is the intro to a broader series. And the other thing, of course, is which is going to completely throw you. And this is why time travel. And please feel free to overlay the Doctor Who theme tune to this bit. Is my recollection is we spent the first four or five episodes without a title, um, and so there was all yeah. this conversation about what's this going to be called. We don't know what it's going to be called. It could have a thing. By the time you get to listen to it, it will be a thing. And so, actually, the fact you started this before the fluffed, after the fluffed version with um, this is this is not the darkest timeline, which is a podcast. Actually, that's a kind of revisionist moment. So, 
yeah, okay, so tenses aside, what we're going to do for the next half hour or so is just talk a little bit about ourselves, a little bit about why we're doing this, and and give you a proper intro, you being the listener out there, both of you, a proper intro to what we're going to do, or the kind of things we're going to talk about on this series, because it's now series going forward. Um, does that sound like a plan? That sounds like an eminent plan. Um, I'm in favour of this plan. I okay. vote yay. You vote yay. Well, wow, okay. Yay. I'm getting <laughs> votes and everything. Okay, so I mean, I'm going to actually going to reorder the, the um, my list of notes now. What we, you and I, used to both live in Bristol. Um, we've, yeah. known, we've known each other for about I want to say 19 or 20 years. Um, my recollection is it was about 2000, which means that we're now coming up on the 20th year that you and I have um, been friends. Um, I think it'll be officially 20 years next autumn. So next autumn. like this September or okay. thereabouts. So, so you know, we, and, and we have, we have verbally sparred. We have intellectually sparred. We've um, accused each other of being wrong about things. But I think we've agreed on more things than we disagree on over the last yeah. couple of decades. And in 2015, I mean, before that we were, writing we, we put out a book called this is not a book um in fact now i've suddenly realized all our things have a this is not um that we're trying to mm-hmm. define themselves by what which was a it was a you and me trying getting a bit frustrated with the state of interactive media as it related to the book and publishing and trying well writing a a not very long book it's about forty thousand words um that you very cleverly put up on github and made available for free a kind of a bit of a manifesto between the two of us yeah. about what the world, what we thought, what we thought books could be in an age of digital technology, and what digital what digital technology could bring to the book as a form, and those are still there as far as I know, and we maybe did a dozen or so of them, and then you unhelpfully moved to Montreal, um, and <laughs> and we sort of fell out of the habit, I think. Mm. So you know the the notion of doing a podcast was was not the most obvious thing while you were settling and you know life was changing all over the place in sort of 2015 2016 and so i've we we recorded a kind of one off when i was in montreal two summers ago um yep. i was there for a conference and we sat on the 12th floor of a hotel and looked out over you'll know which bit of montreal but i can't remember um and recorded a kind of this is where we are and this is why we haven't done any for ages but I think the plan is these are going to go out. These are going to go out under a new name, um, so they're not going to be linked to the old podcast. So if you have come across this then, and you want to hear more of Boulder and I getting actually putting more irate in those um, about mm. things from five years ago, this is not a book, and it's still up on iTunes and its own website and all those things. But I'll put th- a link in somewhere to it so that that people, be, people can just do the clicky clicky thing. That will be fabulous because it's not. I mean. A, it was the, the, that podcast series was very much about talking about just having written a book and talking about the things that we'd that we'd figured our way through and the things we wanted to correct if we ever did another version and and that and some things. But yeah, we we have, I guess we have some history. This is not our first rodeo of doing podcasts. So again, this yeah. is also it felt like useful to do one right. I mean, um, um, uh, one thing I, I think uh, sort of I'd like to say is that um, I think the reason why the other podcast ran out of steam a bit is uh, it didn't have um, the same kind of focus as the one that we're planning to have with this series. In that, it was uh, we talked uh, we it we talked about trends, we talked mm. about you know current state of affairs, we talked about uh, like in general terms and narrative structure. It didn't have. 
uh, you know, something to specifically hook on, and it it became hard to um, sustain interest um, mm-hmm. over the series because it didn't really have a nice hook. Um, and th- th- in terms of, I'm not, uh, I'm not really specifically in terms of the audience, in terms of us, and like, mm. it's it's very helpful to have something concrete and specific um, to ho- start the conversation to bring ourselves into the conversation and the argument that um, it, it's, it's just helpful for us to keep us going as well. No, that's completely true. And I think the, the I remember having conversations with people at the Pervasive Media Studio that, about who, who were listening and said, you know, what, are you going to carry it on? Are you not going to carry it on? And their, their thought was absolutely that, that you, you need to, if you're going to carry this thing through, you also need focus. I mean, my, my recollection is all also that the, because we were both living in the same city, actually the better conversation happened in the pub. Um, yeah. <laughs> back in the days when we could go to pop, yeah. Um, and it, so it tended to be that you know we 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 were almost we we weren't rehearsing in the pub and then doing a podcast a week later, but actually that kind of free flowing conversation happened around the edges. And so you're right, structure really helps. Um, a sense of you're bringing some homework to it, so you're not just it's not just two people talking who actually talk quite a lot in in real life outside of that. Mm. Um, so. And again, I'm going to throw with I'm throwing my order out. So you you introduced the podcast at the very start, but where where we ended up at the end of the original episode one, um, way back when the world was different, was sort of deciding that there is it's not a counter history of media form at all that we're doing, and it's not it's we we both get excited about stuff. Um, mm. And some of the things are the same and some of the things are different. And I think we both, we have a fairly overlapping Venn diagram of, of kind of our, the things that make us interested and the things that give us some faith that people are out there doing interesting stuff. Um, but we both have bits that are our own in that. I think what we decided we wanted to do was to, to almost to kind of, you could, if this podcast series runs and if we end up doing, you know, more than well, that's what we do, um, because, God has been someone to talk to at the moment. Um, but we, <laughs> sort of what we end up with is a map of interesting media over the last, yeah. and I'll, say, I'll say 30 years. I think we've gone much further back than sort of the early 90s. But certainly look the idea that we, we look at forms, we look at things that have interested us, and then over, and, you know, we're in April now, we've done, I think there are 14 recorded that we're going to start releasing, that we start to build connections between things and we start to mm. sort of hopefully take you with us on a bit of a journey where we rediscover things that we'd forgotten about or that we'd forgotten details about or that one of us brings to the table um and that way it becomes a way of sort of keeping ourselves sharp as well which is always useful um yeah i mean we're we're basically following along threads in a larger tapestry and and the, the, as as we go on and the more episodes we we've done and the more episodes we do in the future the the tapestry itself will become clearer and clearer to those who are following. And it'll be clearer that all of these things are related. They inspire each other. They're, they're connected. A person who does that, an app here on the iPad is going to be aware of the stuff that was done in the early, uh, in the early or late nineties. And uh, it's, it's all, it's all a part of the same field. And mm-hmm. in it sort of to, to support what you said in that part of the thing that. um, um, I'd like about where we uh, the concept that we stumbled upon in this, uh, in this um, podcast that uh, where we ended in the the initial 
pilot was the idea of focusing on positive things because one of the as- key aspects of social media today, and uh, I'm including blogs in that, in that it tends to be very reactionary, very very responding to events, and it tends to tends to lean on the critical side. And it, it if you just follow our social media presences, you would not get the how enthusiastic and and uh, interested we are in the field. There are so many things that that uh, that people are doing that excite us, that are amazing, that are great, and I don't think we, that those get across um, naturally in the way social media is designed. So this is an opportunity for us to kind of go through to go to another medium pause uh, slow down a bit and focus on the stuff that is we are enthusiastic about in real life and that we enjoy and and try to bring that uh, spread that enjoyment around a bit i think that's um, true yeah, yeah. It, it's sort of and you're right it's interesting when you say to go to another medium to do it and to pause to slow down because twitter i mean my, i i mean like you i've been on twitter since not quite the beginning, but when in in the days where you got your own username because there was nobody else mm. like you on there, um, and Twitter just flies by now. You know, I, I I I've gone through my years of spending not spending a lot, but you know, tweeting more than I do now. Now it's kind of it's a distraction. I might with a cup mm. of coffee just scroll up and down for five minutes, but it's not so much. I think you can filter out the negative and not so much the negative, but bro- more broadly as a medium, it's not a paused medium. It's not about slowing down and having a conversation. And it's not about, as you say, what we've, I think what we've tried to do over the last few weeks is, is have those, those conversations where one of the joys I think I've found about doing this run, um, or as if you're listening, that you will be hearing this run is that we, we have a plan the plan quickly changes um that we we started with a list of things that we wanted to talk about that we were fairly certain would be the initial kind of pointers on that map um the initial yeah. bits of whether the, the tapestry has a set of threads that go through but and tried nominally and we try nominally in these to keep these episodes to about 40 45 minutes or so some have maybe crept over um but then very quickly realizing that if there's more to say we can come back next time and do some more and that that pause space, I, th- I found really helpful um, when you know we, we we'll get distracted and talk about something that wasn't on the agenda necessarily, or that's been one bullet point that we sort of run out and then spend fifteen minutes talking about. And actually, there is far more to talk, far more to discuss about the thing we wanted to talk about. And so that sense that this is a medium that can evolve, but it evolves quite slowly. Yeah. Has yeah. been yeah from from my kind of train of thought. So and maybe it's because of the time we're particularly living in. That's been a really helpful thing to have a kind of under, what you might call a sort of substrata, an undercurrent of there is a thing I'm thinking about that week because I'm going to come back and we're going to have this conversation on and we tend to do these on a Sunday afternoon. But that bit of critical thinking, um, I ne- I haven't necessarily had in my world for the last five or six years. I think you know my, yeah. my life has taken a different run, which probably is a useful way. To come on to we what we did in the original episode one so you can get this twice if you listen to the original is we did a kind of brief bio bit so do you want to kind of kick off and do the we're both what we should say is we're both we could be we could both be described as media scholars in to some mm. extent that that's a kind of common a foundation that we share in where we come from and how we met and how we how we started talking but then we both do other things so if i i'll hand the mic over to you for a little bit and you do your bio then i'll come back in and do mine 
Yeah, the virtual mic because we both have physical mics. We do. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, where to start? Um, well, um, I'm Icelandic, um, but as you can tell from the sort of half-baked English accent <laughs> I have, that I've spent a, a, quite a bit of time in the UK, including a few years when I was a kid um, in Lancaster, hmm. of all places. Um, so, if uh, if you occasionally uh, hear hear a weird pronunciation of "good good," then you know that's the origin of that. Um, but I. Um, my, uh, I was raised in a, um, a very critically minded household, um, a bit of a media household. My mother is a red, is a started off as a um, radio journalist and uh, basically evolved into a proper investigative um, reporter over time. Um, uh, so basically, uh, I've I've always had one foot in, um, uh, even when I was growing up in um, in radio and other places. And uh, as time went by, the internet became very fascinating. So I made my first website when I was a, um, a teenager and uh, basically never stopped. And um, the making of websites has been the other thread in my life. Mm. No matter what I've done, I've always been making websites. But that was originally not the plan. Uh, 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 the, uh, originally, the plan wasn't to make websites. I'd... Uh, I first, when I went to junior college, I studied biology of all things. Okay. Um, I hated that. It was the, the uh, just awful experience. So I switched to comparative literature for uh, my bachelor's degree, um, working as a radio journalist um, alongside that for, uh, for a while. Um, did a stint working in TV as a, um, a studio hand vision mixer. Um, then um, I went to do an MA in interactive media. That's where ah. me and Tom met. Um, and that's kind of where things came together. And um, I ended up um, getting into web development and uh, web design. Uh, but I always um, with uh, an awareness of the context and history and the design of the, that the design is not something that is just pops out of the designer's head from scratch and mm. exists within a, a larger context. Um, um, but yeah, no, uh, since then, my, um, and, uh, and for a while there, I specialized in working with publishing and, and publishing types and, and uh, web design around longer texts, whether those were on, online or in ebooks. I'm now, yes, go yes, on. Something, something just, uh, this is, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bollocks, I'm interrupting. Um, did you have a plan? You mentioned that, that you, in that kind of run, you said that the plan wasn't. Did you actually ever have a plan to what you wanted to do? Um, for a while there, uh, well, I've always um, had a plan of writing. Um, right. But that's kind of uh, less of a plan and more like a byproduct of living. It's, uh, <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've always written. Nice I, I, yeah, it's, I've always written and I, I will always write. So there might be periods where I write less, but... Mm. You know, even when I'm not writing publicly, I'm writing for myself. So, the original plan was uh, the original hope was to do to uh, to work, do writing as a job somewhere. But that was before I realised it is an actually an awful job, and it's like nobody <laughs> would like to. Uh, it's like subjecting yourself to the worst case employment or surrounding yourself by so with sociopaths and narcissists. It's writing as a living is so hard. 
yeah. and um, genuinely unpleasant for a lot of people. So that <laughs> I figured I'd be better off just writing as a as a passion. Um, <laughs> I may change my mind in a decade or so, but you know, uh, not at the moment. Uh, so. Yeah, no, and uh, from there, I and uh, currently, I'm I uh, the way I ended up in Canada was I'm um, working uh, for a we're an official charity now called the Rebus Foundation, okay, that specializes in um, open education resources and the software to support those. So we basically make textbooks uh, that are free and open, uh, and we make all sorts of software to try and help people put those together, whether those are community software, like a forum where people can find each other and help and coordinate the work, to um, we have a, a couple of instances of a piece of software called Pressbooks where pe- that people can use mm. to lay out their textbooks and uh, and author them. And we're working, uh, <laughs> we've been for the past two years working on trying to figure out a way to um, make a piece of software to help and, and improve academic reading. And that's turned out to be a very thorny problem that ah. we're still <laughs> still trying. Because it turns out our academics vary. Who'd have thunk it? Um, there's, like, yeah. there's like several different kinds of academics and they don't all work the same way. You mean when... So- <laughs> country popular belief we, we, we're not a homogenous breed we, we, we don't yeah. cooperate the same who yeah as you say who'd have thunk it I think the goal of people not to be like everybody else it's oh. like well this independent thinking thing it's, yeah, you, it's and, awful I don't recommend it <laughs> and if, presumably if you're then trying to design for that you yeah, you very quickly come across the, well this isn't going to work for that this isn't going to work for that it's well me to I, so I'm I go, well, I'll, I'll, I'll bounce around I'm, I'm, an, I'm a full time academic in the I'm an associate professor in art and design the University of West England in Bristol, and I I encounter what you just described frequently in what I could describe as the blackboard problem. Um, mm. The blackboard is a oh yeah yeah blackboard. There's, there's, there's someone who's used it. Blackboard is a content management system for UK academia and probably more broadly international academia that is designed to be a one size fits all with many many modular bolt ons. All of which are horrendous, um, and I'm mm. sorry if Blackboard. If there's anybody out there who works for Blackboard who spent their entire life, it is horrible. Be- it's not horrible because it's horrible. It's horrible because it's trying to do. It's trying to do a job that no one piece of software should be able to do, um, and as a result, it's sort of doomed to failure, and everybody really hates it. Um, but yeah, I, 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 my reason for asking you about a plan is I, I never had a plan. Um, there was never, I, I look back now and it's life career is a series of happy accidents and occasionally unhappy mm-hmm. ones that brought me here. Um, I trained as an illustrator, um, originally and like you, I'd always written, but I never, I don't know. I wanted, I want to say, I don't want to say I wanted to be published. I wanted to be able to write. I'm not sure I ever had ambition in terms of what I wanted to write, but just writing was something I did. But art, naively, art seemed to be a way of, not so much a a way of making a living, but a way of constructing a set of skills that I could then bring into other fields. And I sort of worked my way backwards. You've mentioned that we met on UE's Masters in Interactive Media in, I started in 99, you started in 2000. Um, And that seemed to be a good way of of bridging a kind of conventional set of skills with digital skills and opening up into a kind of space that would allow that would allow me to operate in a world that had changed massively since you know I graduated in 95 into a very about to be digital but still very analog kind of 
practice um and that changed massively over the next six to seven years to the point where yeah when, when you and i finished our master's degrees and both kind of commenced phds around the same time the the field the fields that we were looking at had changed so much so quickly that i think my my abiding interest was always and i've worked with i've worked with the book and i've worked with narrative an awful lot but i think there, and this sort of segues into why this podcast but it's been the things that exist on the edge the things that are really interesting that you know about it's like i, I kind of think of it as like not hoarding but shouting about the band that you liked that was cool before anybody else knew about it <laughs> is that yeah. i've always i've wanted i have a sort of I have a collection of those things that are media objects in my head. That those are the things I regularly will try and put into lectures and put into talks and put in as examples because I still teach, not as much as I used to, but I still teach a fair bit. And those are the things I sort of want to eulogise and shout about and bring. And in a way, and this is why this podcast as well, and show the maps, show the connections between different things as I've encountered them and bring those. And those for me are very narr- often very narrative-led. They are usually more interested in the form of the thing and the relationship between the form and its content and over so probably over the last four or five years that's kind of moved into i ran a research project called ambient literature um since before since 2016 really but that picks up my practice the practice of other people around me and, and moves that into a okay is there a thing here um and so i've i've sort of gone I've begun as an analog illustrator, moved into digital space, come back out as a book designer, and now I think I found this happy kind of pattern around it. But it has; it's been, it's been accidental. It hasn't been. There's never been a career path. I sort of walked backward into academia um, accidentally in about 2006, just by dint of doing some teaching and that being the income, and then uh, mm. risen to the lofty heights of middle management and <laughs> associate professorhood. Um, but yeah, we. You're right. I mean, we. The 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 MA for me, I mean, it was it was a way of putting structure back into learning, and I remember that really vividly. That that okay, you know, I spent five years, four years, five years from graduation, and still doing stuff, and still working, and still making things. But the MA gave a sense of okay, there is a there is a way of thinking about this stuff, and then suddenly going okay, and there's this stuff there, and that bit over there, and that bit over there, and that sense to which. The tapestry, to come back to your metaphor at the start, the tapestry becomes visible um, mm. and you start to see how the work you want to make or the things you want to write about or the things you want to do become part of that tapestry in a way that I think is easy, it's easier. It's more visible at an MA level, I found at least, than I did at my BA, um, that I can start to see the connections of the work I want to make and then so on into a PhD and forward, although I know people can do backward routes and from that. And so those are kind of those are where we both come from. Um, that we're both, as you said, we're both media scholars. In that, we came we came to a conversation with each other about looking at media forms. But then mm. that's that kind of fascination of working with story, working with narrative, working with objects has kind of it's been the backbone of my last twenty years, and probably yours yeah. too. I think. Oh yeah, I mean, but one thing that also um, we haven't mentioned is that uh, in my memory, um, the first first year at least, we argued a lot in Indeed. in the MA. We debated and argued a lot. We were we were quite um, um, on the opposite end of things, and uh, <laughs> sort of. Um, and it, to Tom's credit, he actually managed to change my mind on a on a few um, substantive. 
issues in the field, uh, specifically about the um, fact that um, new media is not an evolution of um, the pre digital media. It is its own thing. It's completely unique and cannot be treated as something that's just an outgrowth or remediation of uh, existing media. Uh, and it, literally, that was uh, t- probably how many years did it take you to, to it took me uh, the- of argument? To- <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a quick process. <laughs> it wasn't a quick process, but that. I mean, that God, that takes me back. You're right, but that was the thing that I remember. Yeah, um, that's Bolter and Grusin, isn't it? Remediation. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was weirdly. God, I remember having the same. I had the same argument with Nick Harkaway. Um, hello, Nick. Um, in <laughs> about 2008, where he said, "Is that a word?" I said, "It's a word, and this is what it means." And that's and. It was for me, I think for me, it was a sense of, I mean, you're right. It's quite a polemic point of view to say it's not, because it is obviously you can, you can understand new media as an evolution. But for me, it was, I was dissatisfied with, it seemed a dissatisfactory route to take because all you would do is end up repeating the mistakes other media have made. Um, and mm. it wasn't, it was, I think for me, and it was, I think it was helpful because I wanted to be a maker as much as an, a critic, and a critic is someone who, to my mind, who, under, who tries to understand and tries to kind of make connections and see those um, the invisible threads that you haven't necessarily seen because actually we, we spent an awful lot of time doing this. But the maker bit of me was where I saw the you've got to look at this differently. You've got to try and do, th- or I think for me at least, you have to try and do things that you haven't done elsewhere, and you're going to repeat things inevitably because that's what we do. And you know whether it's down to there are only two stories in the world, um, mangoes on a journey or stranger comes to town. Um, there are seven basic plots. Whatever those things are, we we find the patterns and we find things in things. But if you treat, for me, honestly, if you treat a medium in, and you look for the things it does other things can't do, I've always found that more interesting. I found that to be a more valuable way of thinking about things. It, it, I mean, definitely. I mean, not just in terms of um, storytelling or or like the more narrative side of new media. It, it's it directly relevant to interactivity design and web design and app design. In that, if you're stuck in prior modes of thinking, and if you're coming from uh, one of the, for example, one of the biggest issues that's facing uh, app and web design today is that user experience design has basically been taken over by graphic design, in my mind. And it's okay. it's extremely obsessed with visual layout and with, um, uh, and maybe with animation, you know, with the um, After Effects um, crowd mm-hmm. coming in as, as well. And there is no, there is so little thought in the field about how just behaviors and interactivity is a medium of it uh, uh, unto itself and how that translates into web design. And it's all about the graphics, um, you know, putting the, mm. uh, laying out the graphics, animating the graphics, spinning the graphics, putting the graphics here and there. And it's, it's not about how does this thing respond to your actions? How does it respond to your behavior? And it's, um, uh, so it's, it's a, it's a mode of thinking that's directly relevant to just even just the practice practice of making websites for you know on a commercial basis because once you start thinking about it in terms of interactions you make a better website and if you're if that website is in some way connected to any sort of revenue stream you're probably going to make more money true. um if you're yeah. going to be cold about it uh- <laughs> but no that's true yes i've seen that i've seen it a little bit in and you're right we, we both get excited about things and i'm i'm generally more willing to i'm not willing i'm not i'm generally my first reaction to seeing something or to meeting someone who's making something is to get really excited and then yeah. i think my i'm just thinking back and i'm trying not to I, I don't want to do names but the the moments where i've kind of gone oh hang on 
about someone's project. And this is this largely comes up. Um, I've worked for the last ten years, really, um, at the Pervasive Media Studio in Bristol, and as an academic and as an artist, and I've been part of that kind of community. But and that, and we'll talk about the PM Studio at another point. Actually, it gets quite a long intro in the other podcast mm. series that we did but that seems to which people will come in on a residency for three months or six months they'll get invited in because they're part of a network the studio's been over 10 years yeah the, the few the very few times where i've got i've kind of i felt my hackles go off or i've gone is because someone i've worked a lot with experience design in the last seven or eight years um which is really the backbone of ambient literature is thinking about experience and experiential modes as well as immersion and the book and all those things and i think you're right start for me always starting with what's your user going to be doing what's what what do they get out of this and the other thing which i is a weird thing i used to think i used to use many years ago but i'm i'm found myself increasingly coming back to what do you want to feel what do you want yes what's the what's the emotional state you're gonna you want to induce in them you not that you can leave them with that because you can't you don't know certainly with the work i've made you don't know kind of what kind of day they've had what kind of year they're having you can know certain things about them you may not know if you're writing a novel for example if you're placing someone in a certain setting but yeah what's what how are you using audio sound presence um digital media non-digital media the the world around you to create a mood and that that's been those are the projects that, that, that I get excited and yeah the one the, the, the very the, honestly it's a very few times that there's been stuff that's, that's been shown in the studio that I go this is about the design or it's about the thing or it's about it's not you've missed for me at least you've missed the starting point which is about emotion and a connection mm. between a connection to a human being and whether that's as a kind of UX design and thinking about how is someone going to engage with this thing through to yet yeah, narratively, how are we, how are we asking them to behave and what are we asking them to do and how uncomfortable is that going to make them feel or comfortable and how different is this from other things that they've done before? And what does that, what's that going to feel like for them and how are we going to make them feel relaxed or make them feel excited or interested or curious or delighted or any of those things in all that space sorry that's quite a big long preamble um <laughs> now what, one of the things i wanted to point out though is that even though we are clearly um focused on interactive media and interactivity design that and and even though we're both finally like it took us a while to get there but we're both finally focused on the the um the uniqueness that it, that um, it, the unique nature of interactive media. We're still we're still very interested in just the media landscape at large because it's all interconnected. Even though new, uh, interactive media is a is a is a thing that has its own characteristics that need to be respected, mm. it still draws its uh, draws influences from other other fields, and other fields. Are influenced by changes in interactive media. You can see, the, see it in the way that TV has changed over the past ten years. The way we tell tell uh, tell stories on television has been affected by the surrounding web uh, landscape of the web. That yeah. means it's much easier to pick uh, for viewers to keep track of of threads and and secondary information and longstanding background material than before. Um, so we're, we're not limiting ourselves to just new media because new, uh, new media has created ripples back and forth, in, or back and forth into other media 
Um, and it, they're all connected. So if we're going to do the tapestry thing and realizing how things are, are the, what the landscape is like, you can't just focus on apps and websites. You, you have to, you have to start looking at how, how, TV is responding to the uh, to the current lack, uh, landscape. Uh, how documentaries have been changing. How how even like at some point it would be interesting to to uh, dig into how live events have changed uh, as a response uh, 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 in response to to you know everything. <laughs> yeah, well, no, absolutely. I mean, th- just I mean, just thinking about immersive theater as a as a thing that was that existed ten years ago. There was well has been around for an awful long time, but that mm. had become a a way of thinking about the liveness of an event and the, the being there. No, you're right, and and that's I think that's been it's been helpful over the last fourteen weeks. And if this is going to be our new episode one, then we can we can kind of do some teases about what we're going to be talking about as you kind of go forward with us, and we're going to try and get these out in a kind of one a week that we will spend some time on. I think we start with we start with the silent history, um, and we yeah. start with with a piece of kind of on the face of it, very, I'll say, conventional new media. It's a, it's a digital, it's a novel released for the iPad and for the early days of the iPad that that plays with with the way in which we read in a serial manner, or we could read in a serial manner. We then go and you um, actually, this is also a thing that we what we've tended to do with these is that one of us will bring a topic into the space and then we'll spend some time talking about it. So it's it's sound history was led by me. Then you picked up with Snowfall, as I remember. Yes, um, because is- it's it's uh, important for us to to like understand the point where online news stopped being just text dumped dumped into a template and started mm. to become its own medium which is now if you go an- anywhere on any news medium it's become its own thing that doesn't directly match um the print version but it has its own behaviors its own mm. um conventions and uh, snowfall is kind of the turning point where that really um became Became its own thing, and it was really interesting to talk about that. Mm. And then, and I'm skipping forward, but then we spent a couple of weeks talking about. Oh, we will spend because this is about tenses. It's hence my bad Stephen Moffat moment. We were a couple of weeks talking about um, sort of podcast audio and specifically fiction and non-fiction in podcast audio, um, mm. largely about the blurring spaces between the two and the, the sort of the case study, if you like, for that is Julian Simpson's adaptations of Lovecraft's Charles Dexter Ward and The Whisper in Darkness. The, that the BBC commissioned and aired with some other bits that kind of flow around. You you then brought something that we talked about. We hadn't realised that we both got as excited as we did, which was Watchmen. Um, yeah. I, I did not expect to be excited by that, and I need to do uh, get some <laughs> sort of outlet for my enthusiasm. So, you know. <laughs> so you got that to come. And then, yeah, then um, Agrippa, Fish, um, we spent some time with um, the Chernobyl miniseries from HBO last year. And then what we've just wrapped up before we've done this one is a kind of three-part. Um, trilogy. Trilogy, look at the enhanced ebook um, and what yeah. happened in about sort of 2010, 2014. Uh, some examples about where, why that took place, why it happened and why we thought it was interesting. So mm. that's what's to come um if you'll kind of stick with us for this um i think that's probably as good a place to leave this conversation as any um yeah and this so this has been the the revised episode one you can go and listen to the other episode one which has more about lovecraft and more about charlie brooker's um bandersnatch and 
probably me, and actually probably it's worth listening to because it might lead into episode one more effectively. But if you have listened, thank you very much. We'll put this on the website. We'll try. I think we'll try and get this an episode, the proper Silent History one, up about the same time. So there is a little yeah. binge you can have. But yeah, I've been Tom Abbott. You've been... Alta Vietnam. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you.